0: as an increasingly selfish and consumeristic culture where he believed people had lost the true holiday spirit. But you know, some friends, the reality is, the temptation to succumb to joylessness and discontent, it's not only reserved for Christmas time, but it's a temptation that we all must fight all the time. You see, the Grinch, the Grinch is out to steal our joy in our Thanksgiving each and every day. Not just at Christmas. And, you know, as I think about it, friends, this idea of joylessness and discontent. You know, I don't know about you, but this year in particular, it just seems like the Grinch is ramping up his efforts to steal our Thanksgiving. You know what I'm saying? Have you sensed that kind of out in our culture today? Just this this kind of weightiness out there. And there seems to be a lot of things fighting against a spirit of thankfulness in our world today. I was watching the news just this last week, and Carol 11 News one evening actually had a story. Their story was titled, Is Thanksgiving Becoming a Forgotten Holiday? Didn't any of you guys see that? Is Thanksgiving Becoming a Forgotten Holiday? They went on for about five minutes in the story to talk about how this year... Unlike any time before, uh, it's almost like our culture skipping over Thanksgiving. All the major radio stations are playing Christmas music earlier than any other time before. All the stores are already beginning their Christmas sales. In fact, Black Friday is starting on a Thursday this year. Go figure. I don't know how that works. But, but you know, it's almost like our culture has completely forgotten the importance of Thanksgiving. And then we look at all that's going on in our nation and our world today. You know, we look at our nation and we see the political division. I mean, a nation that's politically divided probably more so than any other time since the Civil War. And we look at the moral confusion that's running rampant in our culture today. You know, and as Christians, we feel like we're losing the culture war. Homosexual marriage was voted and approved by the voters for the first time in our nation's history. Nothing's happened on the abortion front in years. And it's sort of easy to get discouraged when we look at what's going on in our culture. We look at the economy, and every day we read on the Internet and see on the news that our nation is running headlong towards this fiscal cliff. And we're concerned. We watch the news at night, and we hear of wars and rumors of war. We see what's going on in Israel and Afghanistan and Iraq and Iran. And friends, if all that wasn't bad enough, now even Twinkies are going away. <laughs> I mean, what? what's this world coming to? But, you know, it's almost like the whole world is asking, Why Thanksgiving? Why Thanksgiving? And sadly, for many of us, we don't even need to look beyond our own lives and our own circumstances to wonder if the Grinch is out to steal our Thanksgiving this year. I know that many of you here tonight are struggling with some very significant things in your life. Some of you are facing illnesses, and you're not sure what the outcome's going to be. I know that some of you here... some of you are looking forward to tomorrow, a Thanksgiving where you're in the midst of very difficult family circumstances. Maybe a marriage that's struggling, financial concerns. Some of you may be battling addictions of various kinds tonight. And you know, friends, when we're going through these various trials in our lives, the temptation to succumb to the grinch of joylessness and discontent is very real. But you know what, friends? I want to encourage you tonight. I want to encourage you tonight. We do not have to let the Grinch steal our Thanksgiving. We can fight back against the Grinch. And we can resist the spirit of joylessness and discontent that he represents. And how do we do that? Well, to go back to the story of the Grinch who stole Christmas. You remember how the Who's fought back against the Grinch? How did the Who's respond when the Grinch stole Christmas? What did the Who's do? Anybody remember? Gil. They joined hands and they sang. They celebrated. They rejoiced. They gave thanks. And Dr. Seuss's point in that story was a heart of thanksgiving, in spite of our circumstances is what the holiday season is really all about. And you know something, friends? Even better than Dr. Seuss, even better than Dr. Seuss, God's word, the Bible, tells us the key to defeating the Grinch of joylessness and discontent and how to keep him from stealing our spirit of thanksgiving this year. Not only during the holidays, but every day. How we can fight against the joy of, or the Grinch of joylessness and discontent. I want to read tonight a passage of Scripture. A great passage of Scripture, 1 Peter 5, verses 6 through 11. After we read this passage, I want to come back and I want to highlight three quick principles that Peter shares here for how we can combat the grinch of joylessness and discontentment this year. Let's read this together, 1 Peter 5, chapter 6 through 11. You can follow along on the screen. I'll read, you listen. Peter says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Friends, Peter gives us three key principles here tonight that we can apply in our own lives to battle the grinch of joylessness and discontentment this Thanksgiving. And not only on Thanksgiving, but every day. And the first key that Peter shares with us here in defeating a spirit of joylessness and discontent is learning to rejoice. Learning to rejoice. And friends, this is awesome. The word rejoice, it literally means to return to the source of your joy to rejoice, to return to the source of your joy. And this is what Peter is saying to us here. Peter says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Friends, are you struggling to find joy and contentment this Thanksgiving? Peter says, humble yourselves. Fall into, lean on, Give yourselves over to God's mighty hand that he may lift you up. Now, friends, we're going to talk about this due time issue in a few minutes, but for now, it's important to understand that we will never be a people of thanksgiving unless we are first intimately connected to and dependent upon our Heavenly Father. The true source of our joy, to rejoice, to return to the source of our joy. It requires us being intimately connected to Him. A couple of months ago, I had just bought a brand new car battery for my Ford Explorer. And uh, I had been driving it around for a couple days. And a couple days into this uh, brand new battery that I just put in, I went in my garage one morning and I turned the key and nothing. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the world? I just bought this brand new battery, you know, and I was getting all frustrated. And I went and I threw open the hood and I'm, you know, looking around trying to figure out what's going on. The battery's still there, it's a brand new battery. I mean, it was beautiful, it was clean, nice looking battery. And you know, so me with my really advanced mechanical skills, right? I start kind of digging around and I'm wiggling the wires, and you know what? Hey, sure enough, first thing I discover. One of the wires had worked itself loose. One of the connecting cables to the battery had worked itself loose. And so I went I got my tools and, you know, my, my one wrench that I've got there in my garage and I, I tightened down that battery cable and I tightened that connection and then I went in my car and sure enough, I turned the key and vroom, right away, it started right up. And it was all about the connection. And you see, friends, just like our cars won't work, if those battery cables aren't connected tightly, so too it is difficult to be a person of thanksgiving when we are not intimately connected with the true source of our joy, with our Heavenly Father, intimately connected and dependent upon Him. And what's so awesome about this concept, friends, is that God invites us. In fact, He longs for us to rejoice. He longs for us to rejoice, to return to Him, the source of our joy. Peter says here in this passage, he says, cast all your anxiety on Him. And friends, all means all. God says, give it all to me. All your fears, all your worries, all your doubts, all your grief, all your concerns, bring it on. He says, cast all your anxiety on me. And this is awesome. Why? Because God cares for you. Because he cares for you. This is a great phrase. In the original Greek language, this passage, this this phrase can literally be translated because you are of concern to him. Just think about that for a minute. You are of concern to him. God cares about you. Friends, that's God's promise. That's an incredible promise. Do you believe that promise? Even in the midst of the trials and hardships you might be facing right now? Max Lucado, in one of his books, he says, faith is the belief that God is real and that God is good. It's a choice to believe that the one who made it all hasn't left it all isn't that good faith is the choice to believe that the one who made it all hasn't left it all and friends I'm going to tell you something God has not left you tonight God has not left you when you're going through the trials and the heartache and the despair and the hardships God has not walked out on you God is right there with you Whatever you're going through, you can trust that God is still right there by your side. Each and every moment. And how do I know that? Because this is what the Bible promises. David says in Psalm 107.1, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. God's loving kindness is everlasting. In Jeremiah 29, 11, we read, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. What an incredible promise. This is God's promise to us because he cares for us. God is concerned for you. Now, I can just imagine that some of you might be thinking tonight, But Jason, you just don't know my situation. You know, it's really hard, Jason, to be thankful in the midst of this current trial that I'm going through. How am I supposed to be a person of joy when my marriage is falling apart? Jason, how am I supposed to give thanks tomorrow when my kid is strained from the Lord? Jason, how am I supposed to be full of joy this Thanksgiving when I don't even know if I'm going to have a job to go back to next week? Friends, I hear you. And I know that those struggles are very real. But remember, friends, Scripture says that our joy comes from the Lord, not from our marriages, from our kids, or our income. Our joy comes from the Lord. Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And you know, sometimes I think we forget that. And we buy into this false idea that fallible people and fallible things can bring us joy. But the reality is, is true joy is only found. And true thanksgiving is only found. When we learn to rejoice, to return to the source of our joy, in that intimate connection and dependence upon our Heavenly Father. Principle number two here that I want to highlight from this passage. Peter tells us, number two, that we need to resist. We need to rejoice, and number two, we need to resist. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. What does that word, devour, mean? The enemy prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I think Peter probably had in mind Jesus' teaching back in John chapter 10, where Jesus said that Satan, or the thief, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You know that's Satan's agenda for your life? That's his goal for your life, is he wants to steal your joy, he wants to kill your hope, and he wants to destroy your soul. That's his whole agenda. To steal, to kill, and destroy And one of the key ways the devil tries to devour us is by stealing our joy and contentment in the blessings that God has given us. This is one of the greatest temptations that we need to guard ourselves against. We need to resist the lies of the enemy here. The reality, though, is that if we're being honest, joylessness and discontentment run rampant in many of our lives. In fact... Joylessness and discontentment may be the most tolerated sins in the church today. Seriously. Did you know that joylessness and discontentment is a sin? Did you know that? Take a look at 1 Thessalonians 5:16 through 18. I'll read it for you. The Apostle Paul says, Be joyful always, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Friends, what's it called when we stray from God's will? Sin, right? And I gotta tell you, I think Satan's winning a lot of battles with this one. Joylessness and discontent. Bob Russell, uh, Christian speaker and author writing in Christianity Today magazine, he gave a great quote in an interview. He said, It is a rare person who, when his cup frequently runs over, can thank God instead of complaining about the limited size of his mug. Isn't that great? You know, friends, instead of focusing on God's blessings, we're often complaining about the size of our mugs. I mean, our lives are overflowing with God's blessings. And yet we're sitting there complaining, God, you know, what about this little mug I got? God, I'm thankful for my home, but man, I really wish I had a place like the Johnsons. God, I'm grateful for my job, but why did Bill get that promotion and not me? God, I'm really thankful for my wife. I just wish she'd do my laundry like mom used to do. Wait a minute, that, wasn't, that was supposed to be edited off. Sorry. I love you, Kim. I don't know how that got in there. Friends, God has blessed us so much. But too often, instead of focusing on his blessings, we're grumbling about all the things we don't have. Richard Daly, in his book, God's Little Book of Joy, he says, if you want to be miserable... Focus on what others have and forget what God's given you. Contentment is not getting what you want. It's enjoying what you've got. Friends, that's so true. And we need to learn to resist the lies of discontentment. Peter says in verse 8, Resist the enemy, standing firm in the faith. So how do we resist the enemy when it comes to joylessness and discontentment? Well, we stand firm in the faith. And what is the faith? Well, friends, it's our hope in the Lord and in His promises and learning to rejoice in Him in all circumstances. That's what Peter's talking about. Stand firm in the faith. Rejoice. Stand firm in your knowledge of who God is and His goodness and His faithfulness and rejoice in that and you'll be able to resist the enemy. The Apostle Paul understood the same principle. It's why he admonishes us in Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always! And again, I will say it, rejoice! You see, Paul and Peter understood, friends, that Satan can't touch us when joy and contentment are the prevailing spirit of our lives. He can't touch us with joylessness and discontentment. When we are rejoicing, rejoicing is like a spiritual insect repellent to the enemy. I mean, it's like I'm spraying. I had my can up here earlier and I lost it, but you know, it's like I'm spraying all around me. Jesus, thank you so much for my family, and thank you, Jesus, for my job, and for my friends, and for my health. And when we are rejoicing, in the good things that God has given us. It's like a spiritual barrier that Satan can't break through. Discontentment, joylessness, he can't get through. And it's like, bring it on, Satan. What do you got? What do you got? You got nothing against this, because I am rejoicing and giving thanks for all the good things God has given me. One of the coolest examples of this I ever saw. I mean, so simple, but... One of the most powerful examples of this attitude of joy and thanksgiving I ever saw. When I was in college, I was a camp counselor out in California for a couple summers. And uh, one of the kids at our camp, a kid who had been in my cabin for two summers in a row, a 12-year-old boy named Jarek. And Jarek came from a really tough family background. Didn't know his dad, his mom, single mom, and she had all kinds of problems, alcoholism, and hardly involved in his life at all. They lived on the wrong side of the tracks in L.A. I mean, this kid, I mean, he had it rough growing up. And I remember the second summer, we were uh, reuniting with all the campers again, and we were out on this backpack trip together, and Jerick and I were talking as we were hiking down the trail, and Jarek was all excited, telling me about all the things that had been going on in his life the past year. And he was all excited because he and his mom had just moved to a new apartment a new apartment in a different part of Los Angeles. And, and Jarek, we're walking down the trail, and I kid you not, friends, he says to me, he says, man, Jason, this new apartment we moved into, it's so great. We've only been robbed twice this year. And Jarek wasn't joking. He wasn't being sarcastic. He just said it as plain as day, matter of fact. He was so thankful. I mean, It's sad that a kid grows up in a situation like that. But at the same time, friends, I love it. Because this kid got it. He had an attitude of gratitude. He wasn't focusing on all the things that he didn't have. He was focusing on the blessings that God had given him. And he was rejoicing. And you know what? Satan couldn't touch him with discontentment. Because he had that repellent of joy and thanksgiving all around him. Principle number three tonight. Peter tells us we need to rejoice, we need to resist. And number three, we need to refocus. 1 Peter 5, 10 through 11. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. What's Peter saying here? Friends, Peter is calling us to live with an eternal perspective. To view our lives and circumstances not purely through our own finite understanding, but through God's providential purposes for us. And friends, I'm going to tell you something. When we begin to view our lives through the lens of eternity and the lens of God's providence... I'm telling you, this can totally transform our perspective on the trials and sufferings that we experience in life. You see, sometimes, friends, God allows us to experience trials. Sometimes God allows hardships to come into our lives. And God uses trials and suffering to help conform us into the person He wants us to be. A person more and more conformed. Into his image, a person more and more growing in the character and the qualities that God created us to know and experience for all of eternity. Paul says in Romans three or Romans five verses three through five, "Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame. You see, friends, our experiences here on earth, all they really are is preparation for being who God created us to be for all eternity, and when we understand this, And when we have this eternal perspective, we can begin to view our trials not as curses, but as blessings from the Lord. Because we know they're only temporary. But what they're producing in us will bear fruit for all eternity. In 2 Corinthians 4.17, the Apostle Paul says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. You know, my dad used to say that the Christian life is sort of like a blacksmith. And he goes to a scrap metal pile and he finds this old, rusty, bent-up, twisted piece of metal. And he takes his Blacksmith tongs, and he takes that piece of rusty bent metal, and he shoves it into the fire. And the metal in the fire, it says, "Ow, oh, blacksmith, what are you doing? It's hot in here." And the blacksmith pulls that metal out of the fire, and he sets it down on the anvil, and he begins to pound that metal, molding it and shaping it. And the metal saying, "Ow, oh, blacksmith, what are you doing? It hurts." blacksmith takes that piece of metal off of the anvil and he shoves it in the water, the cold water and the metal it says ah blacksmith it's cold what are you doing but when the blacksmith pulls that metal out of the water now he no longer has a rusty bent up twisted piece of metal but now he has a horseshoe that is useful and capable of doing work useful for a purpose temperate and strong and you see friends our lives are sometimes like that piece of metal in the hands of the blacksmith sometimes we go through trials and hardships and tribulations and we don't always understand we say God why God what are you doing God don't you know this hurts but it's in those times friends when we need to trust in God's promises all the more. Promises like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where God says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. And friends, don't forget about that due time we looked at earlier. God promises us here that He will lift us up. He will restore us. That's His promise. And while we're in the midst of our trials, in the midst of that due time, we wait on the Lord, we trust in Him, and we rejoice in Him and all of the blessings He's given us because we know that ultimately our restoration will come. And the victory is ours in Christ Jesus. J.I. Packer has said that thanksgiving is essentially a matter of accepting from God's hand what he sends, because we know that he is good, and therefore it is good. We trust in the Lord in all things, because he is good. And he promises to never leave us, nor forsake us, even in the midst of our trials and suffering. And God has a plan and a purpose in all of these things. And at the end of the day, he promises, I will restore you. I will lift you up. I want to play a music video for you tonight that in recent days has been a real encouragement and blessing to me. I'm sure it's a song that many of you have heard on the radio. But I want you to just focus on the words of this song here this evening, and I really think it kind of does a great job wrapping up everything that we've talked about here this evening. So take a look at this.
1: in my shoes, fears I wish I could lose. They make the mountains so hard to climb, and my heart gets so heavy with the weight of the world sometimes. And there's a bag of regrets I should've been to not yet. I keep on dragging around, and I can hardly wait for the day I get to let all down. I know that day is coming, and I know it's gonna be here soon And I won't turn back, even if the whole world says I'm going the wrong way Cause it's just a long way home When we can't take another step Our Father will pick us up and carry us in His arms the best days He says to remember now not home yet So don't get too Comfortable Cause really all we are Is just pilgrims passing through So I'll keep on singing and believing what all of my songs say.
0: That's great. How do we make sure the Grinch doesn't steal our Thanksgiving this year? Friends, we rejoice. We return to the source of our joy. We resist the lies of the enemy, the lies of joylessness and discontent. And thirdly, we refocus. We live with an eternal perspective. But friends, here's the key. If you're going to resist the Grinch, you need to start today. You need to start today. Living a life of thanksgiving is a choice, friends. And if you're waiting for the when to come, I'll give thanks when my marriage gets better. I'll give thanks when the economy improves. Friends, if you're waiting for the when to come, you're never going to defeat the Grinch. There's always going to be something else looking to steal your joy and your gratitude. So let's start today. David says in Psalm one eighteen twenty four, 24, This, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let's make this a great Thanksgiving. Tonight, as we uh, wrap up, I thought, you know what? What, a, what better time than now to start with our attitude of gratitude, our celebration of Thanksgiving? And we want to give you a chance tonight to just maybe share publicly some of the things that you're thankful for this year. Some of the ways that God has blessed you. I mean if this stuff is true to rejoice and to resist and refocus, why not start right now, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk around, I got a handheld mic and if any of you want to share any of the ways that God has blessed you this year, anything that you're thankful for, I'm going to just ask you to raise your hand and I'm going to run around as fast as I can and hand off that mic and just, you know, if you want to take 30 seconds or so, a minute, share what you're thankful for. We'd love to hear from you. Let's celebrate. Let's worship through Thanksgiving. Anybody have uh, something that they're thankful for tonight? Don't be shy. Addie, you got something? What are you thankful for? Everything. Everything. Wow, that's good. Top that one thankful for everything. That's great. Caleb, here you go, buddy.
2: Um, I'm just thankful for all the volunteers in this church who, um, especially on Sunday school and I want us as, um, I know I'm kind of going on an adventure, um, starting college and stuff in the next few years. Probably be planning some churches and just thankful for all the Bible verses that you drilled into our heads and um, just for always being there and being mentors through the years and through lives and to all these um, young adults and youth, so thank you, and the pastoral staff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who else here? All right, Peggy.:
2: uh, My name is Peggy, and um, we have uh, my husband and I have a new daughter-in-law that I'm very, very thankful for, and um, it's just it's really a blessing to see your kids grow up and walk with the Lord, my son, and daughter-in-law both love the Lord, and it's just one of the greatest blessings you can ask for.
0: Very cool. Who else? All right.
3: Hi, I'm Barbara and I just wanna thank everybody who's like brought me here. I know one of my friends brought me here, and then everybody else for my friends and stuff, they felt like I was belong here and it's really cool. So
0: we're glad you're here, Barbara. God is good. Who else? A little buddy up here, huh? What are you thankful for?
2: I'm thankful for my family.
0: Oh that's great. Good one. That's awesome. Good job. All right.
4: Kevin. Um, This year, I'm thankful uh, because I have one hand. Um, Three weeks ago, um, I was in the jail, and uh, I uh, had a guy ask me what happened to me. And I told him that when I was 18 years old, I got electrocuted, and I took 12,800 volts. And uh, God saved me that day. I should have died, and... uh, Later on, well, we were were there for an hour and a half, and he uh, uh, said he got electrocuted not too long ago. It it was a tree trimmer, and the branch had fallen on the same power wire. And uh, that, because of what happened to me, um, that changed his life that night, and he accepted Jesus that night. And uh, so now instead of being a dumb thing that a kid did at 18 years old, I can say that God did that. Saved my life that night because 37 years later, someone needed to be saved. That was awesome. That's great. Try telling
0: Kevin that God doesn't have a plan and purpose in our trials and sufferings.
1: I'm thankful for uh, Carolyn's recovery from her stroke
0: and all your prayers.
1: Thank you so much.
0: We're thankful you're here tonight, Carolyn. It's great to see you. Who else? Let's go. I gotta get me a workout for tomorrow. I got lots of food to eat.
1: I'm thankful for my amazing friends who, two days notice, and we can have a party tonight. So,
2: I'm thankful for my mom. Who some of you know that my mom Brenda Sinyani got really sick uh, a while ago, and she got sent to the hospital on several occasions. My mom's still with us, and she's on the road to recovery, and I'm very, very
0: thankful for that. Who else? Let's rejoice tonight. Come on. What do we got to rejoice in this evening? Back there? All right. What are you thankful for, buddy? Thank you
1: for my three sure to two days away.
0: All right. I didn't get that, but I know God did. That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Praise the Lord. Who else? Anybody have anything to give thanks for this evening? How about this side? Come on. We We got some thankful people over here. I know it. Anybody? There we go. Rhonda, here we go.
5: I'm thankful for God's goodness. This week I had to take a significant exam for my job. And Prior to going to the test, I spent some time with the Lord, and He just laid it on my heart that, Rhonda, irregardless whether you fail or succeed, I'm good. And I wish He would have laid on my heart the Jeremiah verse (laughs) that I'll prosper so that I knew I'd pass, Um, but He didn't. And along with that, recently I've been processing through just some life experiences, and, you know, just God said, whether you have good experiences or bad experiences, that doesn't define my goodness that he is good to me all the time and so prior to going into the test I was just crying and bawling and I'm lord I have to pull myself together for this test and um but God is good and I passed so praise God and thank God for a wonderful husband and great kids I love him. Very
0: cool. amen God is good who else wants to do some rejoicing tonight my buddy Ron back here
4: Uh, I'm real thankful for everyone in this church and the pastoral staff. And you know, Michelle and I do ministry, and we have a lot of people in this church who support us with prayers and just friendship and and also financially. And it's uh, we couldn't do it. So thank you for our, for your support of us and friendship and for you. Thank you, brother. Love you man. All right.
3: I just want to um thank God for my dad because I'm really bad at talking in front of people, sorry,
5: so she's why she's hiding. You're all hiding. <laughs> um, I've always kind of given him a, him a hard time, and he's always been really great to me. I love him very
3: much, and I want to thank God for giving me such an awesome dad.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I will vouch for her. She has an awesome dad. Praise the Lord. Yeah.
1: I'm Joe Reister. I'm just thankful for being here. Last spring I was walking on North Avenue on the walking trail, and the car came off the street, came right towards me in the walking path. And uh, by grace of God, I jumped out of the way, and the car missed me. Later found out it was a medical problem. I was thankful that I just could react And then in May I had a heart attack I had four blockages 99, 95, 90 and 80 And I got to the hospital soon enough At the university And had four stents put in But a grace of God I pulled through and my family was all there And we rejoiced together And my family is all in the Lord And I'm thankful for that Much to be grateful for Thank you Amen. That's good.
0: Praise the Lord all right, yeah, Mike.
1: Well, Diane and I had become empty nesters, and then this August we got a new son, and uh, it's been a great time. And uh, Florian's here from Berlin, Germany, and uh, it's been one of those matches made in heaven, and it's been really good.
0: Florian, have a happy American Thanksgiving this year. That's great. It's good to have you here, man. Anybody else wanna? give thanks or rejoice tonight? Yeah.
1: I don't know if I would speak for my wife, but uh, the two of
5: us are blessed to be here in this congregation. In the two years that we have been here, uh, I'm on overload with all the food that I have been digesting. (laughs) It has truly been exciting, and uh, just praise the Lord for the the depth that uh, is in the hearts of the people in this congregation, and the love for the Lord, and the willingness, the audacity to speak out and to share the faith. Thank you.
0: See, now we're getting our exercise. That's good.
2: I was just reminded of um, something that happened when I was in junior high, and I was reading. Um, I'm blanking out a name of the book now. The one, the cross and the switchblade. And, um, I remember reading it and going, "That's what I want to do with my life." And it helped people come out of those, you know, addictions and stuff. And then I forgot about it, you know, you're in junior high and you go on and lots and lots and lots of twists and turns in life, and someone explained to me once, or said something about that was the seed even though I'm not working there, it was a, a the seed of the type of work. And it, that's a miracle in itself that I'm even able to do it because I was a person that couldn't even hold a conversation with people. I'd listen to people talk and wonder, how do they even think of anything to say? And God has changed that. Um, and then um, my husband is actually going to start working full-time on Monday at Teen Challenge. So I'm thankful for that and also thankful for, for my family and for church family. Thanks, Kat.
1: Okay. All right.
6: we have i I'm Mary, we have a daughter-in-law in in St. Louis who we've never known sober, and um, she drank through both of her pregnancies. This summer, she ended up in the hospital with cirrhosis of the liver and almost didn't make it, and even with that, she wasn't, didn't look like she was willing to admit she had a problem. So um, recently we talked to her, and she's seeing a a chemical dependency a psychiatrist who specializes in alcoholism and drug dependency of which she had both and she's working the 12 step program and what a blessing and I know that it was the prayers of many many of the people in this church in our ABF in our in our bible study whatever I also am very thankful for Bevan and, and uh, Peggy and the Stevens ministry program who gave me someone to walk through the summer with me so uh, didn't uh, lose it and uh, could just be there and be supportive and pray and not try to fix it because we know that you know God is the one; He's the one that can fix. So I'm thankful for a lot, a lot of things.
0: All right. I'm uh, thankful for all my girls on the 108 way, but especially Abigail tonight. She's tonight's her birthday, so we're here celebrating. So. <laughs> Happy birthday! All right, all right. Anybody else? Yeah, I'll we'll come back to you. I am
3: extremely thankful for to God for bringing my dad home after a long ways away from being at work, and I really missed him a lot. And I just want to thank God that He brought him home safe. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to publicly embarrass you guys because (laughs) I am extremely thankful for the Furcus family, and they took me in and took me under their wing when I needed somebody to be there for me, and they have been there for me for many years now, and I honestly don't know where I would be without you guys, and I'm sure it wouldn't be a good place,
4: so thank you.
0: This is some serious rejoicing here tonight. I love it. It's
4: good.
7: Well, he didn't uh, have to poke me, Caleb, but I'm going to just say that I'm thankful for the pastoral staff. Um, And I don't think I get any raise for saying that, but I work here part-time at the church, and I get to see the pastors um, on the other side from up here, and they are just who they are up here, back there, in their offices and in the day-to-day stuff. They're four really neat godly men and they're fun and they're caring and they're real and I just think that's a pretty rare thing uh, to for us to be able to have those kinds four men like that and the other thing is just for the way that this church cares for one another, and again, I get to see that from the underneath side, and um, just practical stuff. People are willing to make meals, to clean houses, to give money, to go listen, to pray, and just to be with people. And um, and so the volunteers and the caring for one another that you folks do, I just thank you all for that.
3: you know, and I'm going to echo what everyone has said about this congregation, and I want to publicly thank the pastoral staff for their commitment to preaching the word of God without apology. Um, I think you can get great personalities in the pastorate, and there's a lot of churches that have great charismatic leaders, but we have um, real men of godliness and deep faith who continue to teach me and admonish me and challenge me in my own walk with the Lord and I'm so deeply grateful, and and also, I want to publicly thank Chaz, our very gifted and godly worship leader, for the way she ushers us into the presence of the Almighty every Sunday morning and on a pre-Thanksgiving Eve service. Um, I have been blessed and enriched by your ministry to all of us. We will miss you enormously. I'm so grateful that the Lord hasn't found a replacement for you yet, (laughs) but I am praying for relief. And thank you so much for um, your time and your energy and your talents that you have shared with us that have enriched the entire worship experience here. So thank you very much to all of you.
0: All right. Well, you know, as far as I'm concerned, we could just go on all night uh, sharing and rejoicing together. I think this is awesome. Here's my challenge. I want to encourage you guys to continue... Continue this spirit of rejoicing this evening, tomorrow, especially on Thanksgiving. You know, spend some time as a family talking and sharing about the things that you're thankful for, the ways that God has blessed your family this past year. And, uh, you know, uh, try not to focus on the mug, but focus on the overflowing blessings that we all have in our lives. So uh, let, me, uh, let me invite the worship team to come on up, and we're going to uh, sing one final song together and then I'm going to come up and close us with a with a uh, a special benediction this evening, all right? So, thanks you guys.